You're listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast, where we talk about faith, friendships, and feature boss women from the Black Girls of Purpose community. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, founder and CEO of Black Girls of Purpose. Hey, Purpose peeps, we are back with a bonus episode, a feature for this week. We are talking with Sheree Scott. Normally, we just do one Black Girls of Purpose feature per month, and you'll know that we did a feature with Addie Roar at the beginning of the month. But when this person's publicist reached out to me and I listened to her story, I really felt like she could connect perfectly with this hope series that we've been talking about over the past few weeks. And so without further ado, I want you to allow me to introduce you to Sharice. Sharice Scott is a realtor, blogger, and mom based in New Orleans. After five years of being in a toxic and verbally abusive marriage, Sharice says she finally found the courage to break free. But with that freedom came a new search for identity. As she recovered, Sharice began using writing as therapy. Quickly realizing she was not alone in her plight, other women shared her story. Recently, Sharice launched her personal website, sharicelaron.com, as a safe space for women to connect, release, and relate in regards to relationship, careers, healing, and growing into even stronger women. As I shared before, when her publicist reached out to me and I heard her story, I felt like it was such a perfect way to end this hope series. Welcome to the podcast, Sharice. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Yes, so please give our listeners a brief overview of your testimony. Once upon a time, I was um, a heap of a mess. I was Michelle, who I, I once was, uh, coming out of a bad marriage and dealing with a nasty divorce, custody battle. Um, I, I was really dragged down. And, um, and as I began to recover from the damage that had been done as a result of my marriage, um, I began to realize that God was with me. I always knew he was, mm-hmm. but I really began to feel his presence uh, as I continued to recover and as I grew closer and closer to him, um, I got stronger and stronger and I became a 10 times a better version of myself than what I was before I got married. And mm-hmm. it, it was, it's an indescribable journey that, yeah. that I've gone through, through this process. Yeah, I, um, when your publicist first reached out to me about interviewing you, at first I was like, oh yeah, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm always looking like three months ahead, so I was like, maybe we can do this particular month, and then she, but I actually spent some time praying about it, and God was like, this month on the uh-huh. podcast, you're talking about hopeless situations, and, you know, this is right, an example right. of what, what can seem like a hopeless situation is a, a divorce, especially as a woman of faith, because we look at and you know a lot of the work that I do with is with girls and say that they kind of look at marriage as this end destination like okay everything is going to come to this culmination point and so it's like how do you how do you deal with that when okay well this this is something I thought I was going to be in for my life and now I'm not like how do I feel about that um right now I am at peace with it yeah um once upon a time you are absolutely right I thought I had my Prince Charming, I had a fairy tale wedding, and I just knew my life was going to be 20 times perfect from here on out. It yeah. was like I was, I had accomplished goal after goal. I got my college degree from FAMU, mm-hmm. I got my master's degree from Tulane University in New Orleans, and it was like, okay, but all right, it's like I had a step-by-step plan, and then I met 
um, the man that I would marry, and I'm like, okay, check off. Yeah. Check, check the, you know, check and then the I have my first child, check off. And then I have my second child, check off. Yeah. And, um, but at the same time that I was checking those boxes, I was losing myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, my marriage was a shambles. It was very, um, it was mentally abusive. Nothing that I did was good enough. Mm-hmm. And and when you're constantly hearing every day that you're, you know, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're mm-hmm. not good enough, you begin to wonder if you are. Yeah. And, you know, my, but really threw everything into focus was me being a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a mom to two little boys. And, and I did not want them to see me as this woman that didn't think she could do anything. Mm-hmm. And that, plus a lot of prayer and a lot of pushing, really gave me the drive to realize, okay, marriage is not what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, you, life is not about checking off the boxes that you plan on checking. Like, it was all about God's plan yeah. at the end of the day. And I realized, you know, of course I was thrown in the question because I was like, well, God doesn't like divorce mm-hmm. and, you know, things like that. But I also yeah. learned that God does not want his children to suffer. Yeah. And when, even though God does not like divorce, um, that is with the one that you're evenly yoked with. Mm-hmm. That is with the one that God has destined for you to, you know, that God wants you to be with. That he has destined for these two souls to come together. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't meshing in my marriage. Mm. So I learned that it was okay. I learned that it was okay. And, you know, I'm happier now than I was when I had that fairy tale wedding. Yeah. And I was, yeah. it's, it's so, I, I, I think it's the Holy Spirit that you made you say that's when you're equally yoked. Cause that was what I was going to ask is, you know, was the, yeah. was your husband a believer where y'all, you know, what, do you feel like Christ was the center of y'all's marriage? Like what? Um, he, I'll put it this way. He said he was a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I said, I was a believer. Yeah. But, um, throughout the marriage church and Christ seemed to take a back seat. Mm-hmm. I tried to keep putting it in the forefront. I yeah. really did. I, but I will admit I stopped going to church the way that I used to when I got married. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very sad situation that I allowed this to happen. But it was all about him. And yeah. I think for him it was all about him. Yeah, And um, you know, so yeah, it, yeah, we we just weren't evenly yoked. I mean, yeah. he grew up in church, I grew up in church, but you know, we 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 just weren't meant to be. Yeah. How do you feel like your relationship with Christ has developed now since the divorce? Oh my God, indescribable. Yeah, <laughs> indescribable in such a great way. Um, God has guided me. In ways I can't believe. Ever, I mean, you know, last year was rough, but towards the middle of last year, as I began planning my blog and things of that nature, it was like I just grew closer and closer to Jesus mm-hmm. throughout the process. God literally started lining everything up. Um, even just nothing about God that linked me with Jaleesa because we met through a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, hey, how's it going? And you know, now here we are. Yeah. You know, God has truly lined everything up for me. And 
my relationship is plenty times closer, and my children see it. So yeah. that's the biggest lesson that I love about it is that they see my relationship with him, and they are now wondering about you know how do they get a relationship with them? It's, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So um, I noticed on your website, which is the, the the big, I guess the big news piece is that you do have this website that you launched recently, ShariceLaron.com. Yeah. And I noticed that when on your subscribe to your email list, it has a phoenix on there. And I know, you know, yeah. people talk about rising from the phoenix, that a, 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 the phoenix is the bird that has risen from the ashes. And how do you feel like you are doing that on a daily basis? Because it's not, I feel like uh, in the same way as Christians, we take up our cross daily um, when we're trying to heal from hurtful situations it, it it's a, right. a daily thing so how do you feel like you're doing that it is oh my goodness i gotta give it to god yeah oh, oh again i have to give it to him um i will admit in the very beginning of well toward the end of the marriage in the very beginning of uh the process of the divorce it was very hard to get up and keep rolling mm-hmm. um and then i began praying a little more. I began listening to gospel music a little more, a lot more, actually, because I, I really, it got to the point where I listened to it daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and my spirit began to really fill up because I was taking God in now and making him the center of my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other thing that helped, too, was, again, I want my children to grow up in Christ. And seeing the looks in their eyes and the innocence that they have, they do not deserve to see me at my worst. Mm-hmm. They deserve to see me as see the best version of me that God has created me to be. And over time, as the gospel music kept pumping and, you know, hearing the sermons and the messages that God has for me, uh, it just becomes, it just gets easier and easier each day and that phoenix is me and any other christian who's hit that rock bottom and is working their way to rise back above those eyes yeah <clears throat> it's funny because i um i've been studying shadrach meshach and abednego their story a lot um mm-hmm. in the in the past few months and it's been um i mean they're literally coming out of a fire and but what i love about right. I love about their story is that it says that they didn't even have the smell of fire on them. You know, there, there was no way there's their clothes hadn't been singed, nothing. And I think that as Christians, that that's our testimony that, you know, you can't tell what we've been through because of the person who was with us when we were in the fire to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. You're exactly right. That's what it is. Yeah. So I touched on it earlier, but I said that on the podcast this month, we've been talking about how to have hope in hopeless situations. And the first key Mm -hmm. that we talked about, which is what I just said, is that we have to understand that God is with us in the midst of our situation, that he hasn't left us, that he hasn't abandoned us. Because that's what the the enemy wants you to think. It's like, oh, man, isn't God the one who created marriage? Like, and your marriage failed? Like, "Mm, exactly. Are you, you sure, you know, you sure you hear from the Lord? You sure you know the Lord? And, um, I feel like he he comes against our identity. So how have you battled against those thoughts and those lies from the enemy where he says, well, does God really care about you? Like if he cared about you, would he let you go through this? And, and those sorts of things. Um, I, I will put it this way. Um, 
I've never doubted it. Mm-hmm. I never doubted that my my faith never wavered. Okay. Uh, it's basically like the story of Job. You know, he, mm-hmm. he was a devout Christian man. He went through all these things, you know, boils all over his body, you know, losing his children. His wife told him to give up on God mm-hmm. and things of that nature, and his faith never wavered. Yeah. And look at what happens to Job at the end of the story. Yeah. And that's what I view myself as going through this entire situation because I'm not gonna lie God has blessed me tremendously from yeah. before the marriage uh you know through my childhood high yeah. school college and everything else so I knew that while I was going through this situation I was like all right God what's the message yeah. I'm waiting for it I yeah. know you're here what am I supposed to be learning from this yeah and you know God has blessed me in the state but a few times yeah. <laughs> um, like this is what you're supposed to be but it took me a long time to realize what he was actually showing me um, through the entire process. But in that entire process, I grew from it. Yeah. And, you know, and now I'm seeing my life be 10 times better than what it was, just like in the story of Job. Yeah. Um, and that this, this is what this is. This situation is the exact same thing. Yeah. And I think it's the exact same thing for any other Christian that is going through it. If you have the faith, to the same level as Job or more, you know, you're going to get there. Yeah. You are going to get 20 times more than what you had before then. Yeah. 20 times more. So, yeah. I um, it's, never, it's, it's never the end when you're at the bottom. Right. And I, what I love, the scripture I've been meditating on, this month, really, just this season that I've been in, because on the podcast, uh-huh. I've been just been, for my husband and I, our hope, seemingly hopeless situation is our finances. And yeah. I've just been, you know, there's nothing like a hopeless situation to get you in your word. And like you said, get you listening to uh, to songs that you maybe never even heard before or, or songs you haven't listened right. to in a long time. And the scripture that I've been meditating on most is First um, mm-hmm. Peter 5 and 10. And it says, uh, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Yes. And, you know, I think it ties in exactly with what you were saying about Job. Like, I always look at the fact that God was silent on his situation for like 40 chapters. And then (laughs) right at the last two chapters, he's like, first he checks Job and he was like, excuse me, uh, you don't get to ask me. (laughs) You can ask me these questions. (laughs) He's like, I'm a listen. I I listen to your questions respectfully, which I didn't even need to do. But let me tell you who that you serve me. I don't serve you. But Even in that, he still restored him. And like you said, I mean, he was he was given tenfold what he lost. And I think yeah. that that ties in directly with this whole hope piece is that we have to keep the faith and we have to keep believing and we have to say, okay, God, like, I'm not sure what it is that you're doing with the situation, but right. I know that you know more than me. And as you said, I know that you're not a God who rejoices in your children's suffering. So exactly. Why would you, you know, why would you not, why would you let me do, go through these things if you didn't have something that you were, if you weren't going to bring a testimony out of it? Exactly. That's something that um, I've really began telling people in in these last few weeks. If you think about um, the situation, whatever you're going through, you're like a ball of clay. 
And imagine this ball is placed sitting in front of you, and you want to do some sort of artwork or something with it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, what are you going to do with that ball of clay? You're going to smash it, twist mm-hmm. it, poke it, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And if you think about, if you were that ball of clay, it's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's what I began to realize that God is doing to us. He's, he's molding us. Yeah. He's taking us as these balls of clay, and he's molding us into the masterpieces that he wants us yeah. to become. And when I realized that, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for any situation. I know it's going to hurt. God, are you done yet? Like, I think we could probably do without that last piece. He's like, no, it has to be perfect. And we're just like, exactly, okay. exactly. Like, okay, this hurts. Yeah. Right, go ahead, go ahead. You're like, hurry, <laughs> hurry up, though, hurry. But exactly. You know, going back to that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story, when we were at church the other week, and um, mm-hmm. the pastor said, and I love this. He said. Okay, at the point where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are walking around in the fire, why didn't they just walk out of the fire? Ooh. And I was like, I've never okay. thought about that. And and he said that the pastor said they were waiting for the king to call them out. And in that example, they were t- he was talking about King Nebuchadnezzar. He says, right. you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. And he was saying if they had to wait on an earthly king to call them out of the fire, then why don't we think yeah. we have to wait on our heavenly king to call us out of the fire? Yes, very true. And That's I, a great analogy. Yeah. I never thought of it. Me neither. And I was like, and it, and even even the fact that he waited just up long enough for King Nebuchadnezzar to acknowledge that God, that their God was the Most High God, like that he and and he didn't even immediately after he didn't even accept Christ as his personal Savior, but he was like, but I know who he is and nobody else is going to speak against him because I've seen what he can do. And I think that's another thing we have to remember. And I think that's a great thing that you're showing in your journey is that our journey and our suffering and our hope, seemingly hopeless situations are not just for us. There's always people around us who are watching or who are going through something similar and they need our testimony to continue to boost them up and say, okay, well, if if God did it for them, then he can do it for me. And if he did, if he was with them in their situation, then he's going to be with me. And he is with me in my situation. Exactly. Exactly. Nail on the head, girl. (laughs) Nail on the head. Hey, Purpose Peeps. I hope you're enjoying the feature interview for this week. I wanted to interrupt you briefly and ask that you subscribe to our podcast if you're not already. This is the best way to find out when we publish new episodes. Remember, our podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, just to name a few. So whether you're Team iPhone or Team Android, we've got something for you. That's all for now. Let's get back into today's episode. We talked about kind of four keys that you need for keeping hope in a hopeless situation on on the podcast this month. We talked about um, believing what God says, believing who he says he is, knowing that he is with you in the fire, um, and then choosing to trust and wait on him. And what do you feel like has been the most difficult part for you out of those four things um, when it comes to when when you were in your situation, because now it's like you're on the other side of the fire. But when you were in the mis- middle right. of your fire, what do you think was the most difficult? 
Um, it was it was becoming difficult for me to. Um, I was wondering if he was there. Yeah. Um, I, I was wondering at one point, like, is he hearing me? Yeah. You know, like, and the bad thing was that, you know, the things that I was asking for God to show me, mm-hmm. he was already showing me, mm-hmm. but I did not want to see what God was telling me. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I will admit for myself. He was there, and he was showing me everything, and he mm-hmm. was telling me what I needed to do. I refused to listen. Mm-hmm. I refused to listen. Because I was so stuck with um, believing in my earthly responsibility mm-hmm. that I was not focused on my spiritual responsibilities and the plans that God had for me. So, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, God, I'm married. What am I going to do to make my marriage that better? What am mm-hmm. I going to do to help my husband to be better? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do for my kids to be able to live the life that they deserve instead of focusing on, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And that was the hardest part because for the longest I believed he wasn't hearing me when he, in fact, was hearing me and telling me what to do. Yeah. Thinking I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. I think that submissive spirit is so key. Right. Um, and I think that's a big why, a big part of why God will allow us go, to go through suffering sometimes is because... Mm-hmm. He's like, I need to make sure that your focus is on me and not on you. Exactly, exactly. And I was praying for the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, it was like, all right, what am I going to do to make him happy? What am I going to do to satisfy him? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do to make my marriage better? It was like, I was like, hey, what about me? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm over here. This is what you need to do. I'm over exactly. here. Exactly. <laughs> like, this is what you need to do to focus on me. Like, I'm yeah. standing right behind you, but you're not hearing me. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh. Wait, and by the time I realized he was hearing me, I was a hot mess. Like, I told you so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, better late than never. Yeah, and definitely. again, you know, it, I'm glad that I found my way to him because now I do have a story to tell. Yeah. And I do have something to tell other women and other Christians that, you know, it's okay. If you, if you lose him for a second, mm. he's right behind you waiting to take you back. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, yeah, I think I probably went beyond the question that you asked. No, <laughs> that, I feel like that's, um, that's really spot on. And it makes me think of my, my mother-in-law. She sends texts every morning, like inspirational texts. And that was okay. her message today was, she said, even when we're disobedient, God is there in the waiting. She said he gets so excited exactly. to have us back with him and he runs to greet us. So know that nothing you have done can keep you away from the love of our father. Um, and, wow. Wow. And she, she, uh, she referenced Romans eight thirty nine. neither height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then Psalm Amen. 86, 15, but thou O Lord, our God, full of compassion, gracious, and gracious, long-suffering, and, and you are plenteous in mercy. So I just think that that is mm-hmm. so key. And it goes back to the identity. That, that really feels like what's the, the, the overall theme is just identity and knowing that what we've been through, yes, it shapes us, but it doesn't, like... It's not like, okay, this is Sharice, the divorcee. You know what I mean? It's like, this is Sharice, the child of God. Like, that's who she is. And here are the different things that God has made a part of her testimony. But uh, I always, I I pray, especially for us as women, because I know that 
that's 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 an area that the enemy likes to use regularly of like oh are you really qualified for this or you know again yeah. going back to what I said earlier did yeah. God really say that you should do this or I mean he did that with me and I had a fear of being a mom because I was like I don't know if I'm nurturing enough and God was like you're pregnant so right. that means that I'm like, you're ready. Yeah. You're, ready. you're either nurturing enough now or. Same way. My first pregnancy, I was like, once upon a time, before I got pregnant with my first child, mm-hmm. I was, you didn't leave me to, with the kids. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to have to figure out how to do this. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and and, and that tied into something they said yesterday at church. He was talking about the Virgin Mary and how she was like, how can I, how can I, how can this be? How can I be pregnant when I've never known a man? And he was talking about how we're, she was looking at her inexperience, but God doesn't need our experience. And and then I love what he said. He said he didn't understand, she didn't understand that in the midst of her talking to the angel, she was having an experience because the Holy Spirit was coming upon her to impregnate her. And I was just like, what? So it's just almost as as soon as we get our calling, God is already working out everything that needs to come about in order for it to come to pass. Right, right. That's true. That's true. Um, if, if one person listened to this podcast and they got one thing, what would you want that one thing to be? One? One thing? Yeah. Um, I, would, I would say that's a lot of things. So let me pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But if there's one thing that, that I would tell that person or, or persons um, is that just because you feel like you're at the bottom, just because you're going through the fire or the storm or whatever situation you're going through, know that there is a way out. Know that God is on, waiting on the other side of that situation for you to be bigger and better than what you once were with help. And so just because you're going through this, just because, you know, you're dealing with these storms doesn't mean that it's over. Yeah. Your journey's not over. In what ways do you think, in what ways would you encourage our listeners to use their pain as a method to pursue purposeful living? Um, Prayer, first and foremost. Yeah. Prayer is the, the number one thing. Um, first and foremost, if you channel whatever pain you're feeling into God and giving it to Him, God is going to turn that around and turn that pain into a purpose. Yeah. So just focus on prayer is is the number one thing, and the the second thing pertaining to that question as well is figure out your talent and figure out what God has given you and use that gift. And combine that with the pain that you experience so that you can help other Christians and other women and other men come out of whatever pain that they are experiencing. Yeah. Do you feel like writing is that gift for you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Writing is something that has been in my life since I was, I think I began writing like stories and stuff like that since I was like 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And that that was always a passion of mine, and writing actually um, became therapeutic for me as I was growing up. I was, like, bullied in elementary school mm-hmm. and um, things like that. And so, and in high school, I kind of felt, I wasn't bullied or anything, but I kind of felt uncomfortable with who I was 
Mm-hmm. So to escape those feelings of discomfort, writing became therapy mm-hmm. for me. And of course, throughout my marriage, I stopped writing. And then when I began going through these storms that I recently had gone through, I took it back up again. Mm-hmm. And as I was writing my little stuff that I was initially trying to tell myself, I was like, I can't be the only one going through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so I was like, let me let me take my writing to the next level and share this with everyone. Yeah. And help everyone like myself. Because I know after what I went through, I wouldn't want anybody to feel what I felt. Yeah. And I don't want anybody to feel like there's a need to give up. There is no need to give up because these things will end yeah. eventually. Depending on what God has planned and he does have a plan, you're going to get out. Yeah. Well, I think that you're you know, your faith was definitely an anchor for you and um It was. It was. So I have two questions. First, how did you come to, like, faith in Jesus even to begin with? And then for those people who might be listening to the podcast and are kind of like, I don't know if I want to believe in God because I feel like he's the one who let me go through this. What would you say um, to them, like, if they're on the fence about even believing to begin with? Um, First, say I understand. Yeah. I understand why you want to believe anymore. I understand why you feel the way that you feel. My grounding in my faith is actually rooted from how my mother raised me. Mm-hmm. And my mom, to give a slight background, you know, my mom, you know, went through some rough things in her own life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, I never knew it as a child. But as I got older and began to experience um, adult feelings like depression and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was there to uh, remind me that God never left. You know, and one of the things she always says is, look at me now. Mm-hmm. I'm standing. And that stuck with me um, throughout my years in college because I went away. I was away from home. Didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have anybody but God. Yeah. to protect me, you know? Yeah. And so that just never, ever left. And I knew I was always a person that was just like, okay, I'm just going to deal with it and go through it, mm-hmm. and God will see me through. But as I went through my recent situation of coming out of a bad marriage, it's like, okay, God, all right, please see me through this. Yeah. Like, I can't go anymore. So the anchor definitely started with my mom. She planted okay. that seed of faith within me. And I just took it from there and grew closer to Christ. So for those who are wondering where God is, I understand how you feel. Mm. But the only way, because I can't make you feel the way that you feel. I can't make you change that. And so the only thing that I can tell you is wait and see. Mm. Wait and see what God has in store for you. Keep praying. I know it seems like he doesn't hear you and you don't want to believe and it might sound crazy to you, but wait and see because God is standing right there and he's going to be there pulling you out and and getting you on your feet and you'll be walking in ways that you did not even, you cannot even imagine. You'll be living a life that you can't even imagine. So, you know, hang on. Hang on just a little while longer. And I promise you your patience is going to pay off. 
Well, thank you so much. Um, what is uh, any last piece of advice or word of wisdom that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Um, the last piece of advice that I, I want to give is I actually want to uh, turn this to two things. I want to bring this to the Bible for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Bible verses that I follow on a daily basis is in the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 9. And that verse is, let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time, we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. And that ties into my life every single day. Because it's very easy to get tired and beaten down and feeling broken and things like that. But at the end of the day, we will reap what we sow. Everyone reaps what they sow, Mm -hmm. be it in a good way or a bad way. So... For those who are going through their situations and dealing with their fire, you're going to reap what you sow. So don't give up. Yeah. Keep doing good in your life. Keep trying your best to live like Christ. And God is going to bless you tremendously with all the fruits you can beyond what you can imagine. Yeah. And that that is the biggest thing. And the second thing is that I have, which is another big thing, is the entire book of Philippians. Is the shortest book in the Bible, but I find it to be a huge anchor for me because, mm-hmm. of course, Paul is in prison and, you know, he's really dealing with the worst time in his life. However, he still encourages us to live in Christ. And in doing that, Paul still finds joy in his message and in everything that he's doing. And I related, I felt that I related to that. So well, and I feel that so many other people can relate to that as well. So that's the biggest message. You'll read the book of Philippians and try your best to live by Galatians six nine if you if you have the strength to do it. And I know you can. Yeah. Amen. Well, since we're sharing um verses, I wanna share just two that came to my mind while you were talking. And mm-hmm. um the first one is Isaiah forty eight ten. And it says, I have mm-hmm. I have refined you, not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. And that doesn't sound great, but it's, it's I think if you know, because there are certain believers, there may be some Christians who are babies in the faith that yeah. they're like, well, if I'm suffering, then God isn't with me. Like, clearly I'm, I'm on the wrong path. And so for those person, people who are listening, I want to encourage you with Isaiah 48 10 that God's saying that he himself is a part of your refinement, that he is refining you in the, in the furnace of suffering. And then I also want to share um, Hebrews 10 36. It says for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Um, We know that, you know, we, we know this faith journey is, is always compared to a race and that we're supposed to, Hebrews 12 tells us that since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, we should throw off every sin that ensnares us and and, and keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And, and that just ties in back with what we said at the very beginning. If you know that God is with you in the midst of your yeah. suffering, if you know that he is with you in your journey, then you're going to be able to get through it and you will make it on the other side of this race. And there, there, there may be another one. Yeah. It's like a marathon. <laughs> we never stop running until, until we get to right. heaven. But, but exactly. We may fall down a little bit, yes. but we still don't get there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You're right. You're right. Yes. So how can we, uh, as the Black Girls of Purpose community, how can we best support 
what you're doing with your um, new website thing, and um, everything. Yes. Um, I, the biggest thing is that I, I would ask for um, everybody to subscribe mm-hmm. um, to my website. Um, and the reason I'm pushing really for everyone to subscribe is because I want to eventually to have all of us connect. I, I want women to be able to sit down together share their stories, and find a support system in each other. Because it is hard when yeah. you're dealing with it by yourself, at home, at work, whatever the situation may be, you know. And if you meet somebody who's going through a similar situation as to what you're going through, hopefully we can create this big, giant prayer circle and come together and just lift God, lift Christ together. Yeah. Lift his spirit and fill each other with his spirit. The key is for, the purpose of this vlog is for um, everyone to see Christ within each other. Yeah. I always tell people, when you look at the vlog or when you see me, I pray that you see God in all of this. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's to come together, lift up the Holy Spirit, and build each other up and help each other because we don't have enough of that in this world. Yeah. Well, awesome. Sharice, thank you so much for sharing your story. I hope that people are encouraged and um, we look forward to staying connected. So y'all heard her. Make sure that you go, make sure you go to her website. Her website is sharicelaron.com. That's C-H-E-R-I-S-E-L-A-R-O-N.com and subscribe to her, um, her blog so that you can get all of those posts sent directly to your email. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to our Black Girls of Purpose podcast for this week. I'm asking that you would join our Black Girls of Purpose community by doing two things. First, join our Black Girls of Purpose community by visiting blackgirlsofpurpose.org slash join. When you do, you'll receive a series of emails from me that includes a host of free goodies. The first being the Purpose Pathway Guide, which helps you on your journey to more purposeful living. Also follow us on Instagram at Black Girls with Purpose. We share encouraging posts throughout the week and periodically throw social media contests for Black Girls of Purpose goodies. Lastly, if you enjoy our Black Girls of Purpose podcast, please do us a favor and leave a five-star review. This helps us expand our reach. Thank you again for listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast. Here's to more purposeful living. It's never that easy to choose purpose, but I would die to my flesh, live a life of worship. I'm really, really, really trying to make it into heaven. I'm trying to him say two words like, well.